Hello, welcome to Declare Victory. Um, I am Mona. I'm your greeter this morning. Is anybody that's on the call that would like to say good morning? Hi, good morning. Good morning, Mona. How are you? Oh, God, I'm good. Not so well, good, but um, definitely want you guys to be praying for my my my, my daughter and my grandsons that's in Alabama. Um, she called me a couple of days ago and said her husband was diagnosed with the COVID. And that just took me for a little But yeah, great boys. What's his name, sis? His name is Marcus. Okay. Marcus. Look, it's Marcus and Marcus, Marcus Sr. and Marcus Jr. Okay, got it. Hello, hi, welcome to Declare Victory. Have anybody joined the call that would like to say good morning? Now is the time to say good morning. Good morning, it's Susie. Hey, Susie. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Glad to hear it. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. Good morning, it's Brother Michael. Good morning. Hey, sister. Yes, sister, I was just um putting them on the uh, prayer list already. Yes. For me. For both of us. Okay. I No, I told you we don't war. We don't worry. We war. I war. Right. Okay. Good morning, it's Diane. Good morning, Sister Diane. How you doing this morning? I'm doing wonderful. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Welcome to Declare Victory. I am Mona. I'm your greeter this morning. This is a time that we come on and just love on each other and say good morning, say hi. Please say good morning. We would love to hear your sound. Good morning, Mona. Good morning, family. This is Prosperous Pam. Good morning, Prosperous. It's so good to hear your voice. So great to hear yours, too. Have a blessed day. You, too.
Hello, hi, welcome to Declare Victory. I am Mona, I'm your greeter this morning. If anybody out there that would like to say good morning, this is the time. Please say good morning. We would love to hear your sound. Your morning, beautiful Mona. voices. Good morning. Good morning, Rochelle. Hey, Rochelle, how you doing? I'm good. We are winning on a Wednesday. Have a blessed yeah. day. All right. Going down. Going down to that. Good morning. It's Krishanda. Krishanda, how you doing, sister? Uh, sleepy, trying to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs>
Did you already hear oh. it? Or, um, um, can, you, can you let me know, please? Yes, I apologize. Um, no we are praying for um, Maurice. Um, he was um, shot seven times, so she asked for us to um, please pray for the family. And I'm asking for um, my family to pray for um, my grandson and my um, son-in-law. My son-in-law was diagnosed with COVID, so I'm asking for us to um, please pray for the whole household. Okay. Yes. Got it. Okay, I certainly will mention that. Were there any more? No, that was it. Sorry, that was it. Okay, thank you so much, Mona. I appreciate that. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane. I had two prayer requests on the app last night. Yes, I have those from the app. Okay, thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Valuable Valacita, and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed as well. Be sure to join us daily in July for the monthly theme entitled Wisdom. Our wonderful and gifted declares will definitely bless you. There are two announcements today. Today is the day that Declare Victory Fast for anything that you may be believing the Lord for. If you would like to join in, push back your plate or something that you spend a lot of time doing and offer this time to the Lord in prayer. We will be fasting all day until 5 p.m. when we will call back into the same phone number and have a quick closing prayer. Next, we encourage you to partner with Declare Victory in giving in an effort to share the gospel both locally and abroad. You can do so by visiting declarevictory.org, paypal.me forward slash declarevictory, or through the cash app, which is dollar sign I declare victory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. There are two prayer requests from the app. It's from uh, Sister Diane Templeton. The first prayer request is she's asking for prayer for Macy Richardson who tested positive for coronavirus, and then also for Catherine Jordan, who has cancer that is inoperable, and she's having stomach pain. So that's Macy Richardson and also Catherine Jordan. Then we have spoken prayer requests from Barbara out of Lodi. She's asking for prayer for Maurice. He was shot seven times. Again, that's Maurice. And then Mona is asking for prayer for her son-in-law who was diagnosed with COVID and to also lift up her grandson and just the household. Um, and we'll keep them all in prayer, prayer for healing and protection. The order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Sabrina. Declaration will be brought by Dion. Then we'll go right into closing comments, which will be hosted by Dion. I'll repeat the order. Prayer and corporate praise by Sabrina. Declaration by Dion. And closing comments will be hosted by the declarer. The scripture today is from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 12. Mockers resent correction, so they avoid the wise. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you please place your phones on mute 
until instructed to come off of mute. I now pass the call to Sabrina. Have a blessed day. Father, we thank you for the mercy and grace that you have showered us with to allow us to see another day. We thank you for just your goodness, God. We just thank you for being an amazing, amazing Father. We bless your name on today, God, in spite of all of the challenges and the obstacles that we face, in spite of everything that feels like a weight in our lives, God, we take a moment and we worship you for your goodness. We take a moment and we worship you for your majesty. We take a moment just to recognize that you are God and you are yet on the throne reigning and ruling. So we thank you, God, because when we come into worship, we have the opportunity to put our problems into perspective and we realize that there is nothing that is too hard for you. There is nothing that is outside of your control. There is nothing that happens outside of your preview. So God, we bless your name, God, in the midst of trials and tribulations, in the midst of hard times, God, we simply bless you because you are God and above you there is none other. We thank you that worship is our safety place. We thank you that when our hearts are overwhelmed, we can come to the rock that is higher than I. God, we worship you as the rock of ages on today that has been cleft just for us, God, so that we can find our hiding place in you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you've been. We thank you for who you will be. We thank you for who you are in the lives of our families, in the lives of our children, in the lives of our loved ones. God, we recognize that you're God for the generations. God, we thank you that you don't change. You remain the same. God, we just bless you. Hallelujah. We bless you. We bless you, God. We bless you. Hallelujah. We bless you. Hallelujah, God. I bless you. I bless you, God. We thank you, Father, for the ability to slumber and sleep and good, good rest. Hallelujah. We don't take that for granted. God, for the ability to wake up and put clothes on our back and the ability to feed ourselves, God, to meet the activities of our day, God, independently, we don't take that for granted. We bless you. God, as we get ready to lift up the prayer request, we lift up this entire nation to you, God. We find ourselves in a place we thought we'd never be for this long, but we thank you that you are yet sustaining. You are yet providing. You are yet growing. You are yet developing. You're yet moving. God, you are yet pruning. We thank you. God, we lift up the entire nation to you. Those that are suffering, those that are without you, God, we lift up this godless generation. And we thank you that there are a group of intercessors that stand in the gap. God, I bless you for your mercy that continues to endure. God, we thank you that you continue to hold back the hand of judgment to give people the opportunity to come to you. God, we lift up those that are without you on today. We thank you for the missionaries and the evangelists that will traverse to unknown parts of the world to spread the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. We lift up those that are in the military on today. God, those 
those that are fighting, hallelujah, for our freedom and for our safety. God, we thank you for those advocating for justice and civil liberties, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we lift up the hearts of the minds of the government agencies, God, those that are in power, God, we ask that you would touch hearts, God. Your word um, declares that the king's heart is in your hand and you turn it whatsoever way you will. So God, we lift up the heart of the president. We lift up the heart of those that are in the Senate. God, we lift up the heart of those that are in the decision-making positions. And God, we ask that you would prick hearts with mercy. God, in the name of Jesus, prick hearts with mercy. Change minds, God, in the name of Jesus. Do it for the sake of your people, God. Do it for those that are oppressed. Do it for those that are hopeless and homeless, God. Do it for those that are without hope on today. God, we lift up those children that are at the border, hallelujah, that remain separated from their parents, God, that remain in concentration camps and sleeping in cages. The world may have forgot about them, God, but we have not. We lift up those children. We recognize that you are a mother to the motherless and a father to the fatherless. So, God, we lift those babies up to you, God, and we thank you in advance for the day that they will be reunited with their parents. God, we come against the trauma of separation. We come against the anxiety and the depression that they will know through PTSD. God, we come against the fear. We ask that you will protect those children like only you can. God, we ask that you would hide them under the shadow of your wing and give them a miraculous testimony and recovery. Hallelujah, that they will be able to declare that they don't look like what they've been through. God, we lift up those that are suffering with COVID-19. God, we ask that you would continue to breathe on their behalf in the name of Jesus. We thank you for an increase in supplies. We thank you for an increase in wisdom and in technology. We thank you for all of the lives that have been saved, the lives that have been sustained. We thank you for even those of us that have been affected and that have recovered. We Thank you for your wonder work and power. We thank you for your miracle work and power. But God, we lift up also those that are in bereavement because of COVID-19. We ask that you would continue to do what only you can do, and that's to give peace that surpasses all understanding. We thank you, God, that it cured is here. God, we thank you that you are the cure. We thank you that there is no virus that can stand in your presence. God, there is no pandemic that can cause you to panic. So we thank you, God, that in your time, in your will, God, that this too will cease in the name of Jesus. God, you speak and then live. You speak and then die. So we thank you that even this when it has been enough that you will speak and this will be rolled away as well, just as quickly as it came. God, we thank you that you are moving according to your will and that you have allowed this to happen. But God, we lift up Macy Richardson on today. God, we ask that you would strengthen the body of that person. God, we ask that you would cause this to bring her closer to you in the name of Jesus. We lift up Mona's son-in-law, who's also COVID-19 positive, God, and we ask that you would bless his entire household. God, we ask that you would watch over her grandson, keep him safe in the name of Jesus. We lift up everyone that's asymptomatic, that has it and doesn't even know they have it, God. We ask that you would help them to not be contagious to other people, God. We ask that you would just help us do our part to contain in the name of Jesus. We lift up Catherine Jordan to you, God, as she 
suffers with pain of inoperable cancer. God, you were, your word says that you was bruised for our iniquity. God, that the chastisement of our peace is upon you and with your stripes. Hallelujah. We are healed. So God, I'm asking that even if you don't heal her from the condition, you heal her from the pain. In the name of Jesus, that you will give her peace in her body, that you will give her rest in her body, God, and in her mind. We come against turmoil in her mind and torment in her mind. And we just ask that you would bless her, God. We lift up Maurice, God, who was shot seven times. God, we thank you for sparing his life. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you that you obviously have a will and a purpose for his life. So God, we ask that we that he would just recognize that it is you, God, that is the reason why he's still here and that he would turn to you and to serve you in a mighty way. God, we just ask that you would touch his body from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet and that you would regulate every system that may be out of function, God, and that you would restore functioning to things that have been affected. In the name of Jesus, we lift up bereaved families to you, God, all across this nation. God, we lift up those that are troubled, God, those that are just confused, God. We lift up the Watson family to you today, God, asking that you would do what only you can do. God, you know the unspoken request in that regard, and we ask that you would just move, God. In the name of Jesus, I lift up my grandchildren to you, God, and I ask that you would bless them. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for your cover. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah, God. And as we get ready to take our phones off of mute, Hallelujah, and bless you for what you're doing in our individual lives. God, we do it with joy and enthusiasm because we realize that if it had not been for you, who was on our side, God, we would be lost in the name of Jesus. So we bless you today collectively. We bless you today, God, in the name of Jesus collectively. As we take our phones off of mute, God, we just love you, God. We 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 thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing like you, we thank you for your wonderful. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. And to God be the glory for the things that he has done. Thank you, Victors, for um, setting the atmosphere and for preparing us um, and tenderizing our hearts as I am sure uh, that, that God is well pleased with the continued desire to seek him and to trust him even the more I thank God for another opportunity to get this thing called life right. And I thank you all uh, for being on the journey uh, with me as I do so. Very grateful uh, for another opportunity to share and to prayerfully. Um, yeah, it is my great desire that today's share will not only encourage you, but take you uh, in, in my my friend's words to the other side. I'm uh, grateful that the Lord would even allow me uh, to see the word the way that he does and illuminate it in such a way that it changes uh, my perspective. Um, just day to day as we live, we have been consistently talking about uh, wisdom and, and godly wisdom in contrast to earthly wisdom and knowledge. And so uh, today he gave me a different type of share. Uh, I was not uh, particularly expecting it like this. And to be very honest, as I read uh, in my whole little 48 years, I had never ever seen the word uh, the way that he allowed me to see it. Uh, and so I will share that with you. And so again, grateful to be in your presence this morning and uh, walk with me as, as we go a very different direction. And, and some of you may have some questions. We're going to be sharing today from the book of Jonah, uh, one of the minor prophets. And um, I'm probably going to say something that will challenge your theology as you know it, because it did mine. I have been awake off and on all night because until last night, I had not read what I read the way that I did. Jonah is a very short book. It's only four chapters and it has the most cliffhanging ending uh, probably in all of uh, uh, the Bible. It seems like the end, there is no real uh, resolve to a, a major question that God asks. And uh, as I even considered wisdom and, and have spent some time just kind of thinking about my life and some of the things that he's allowed me to experience, some of the moments that were probably uh, considered unfair or uncomfortable or um, why did that have to happen like that or why did that end like that? Uh, I just really began to examine some historical experiences that I've had. And, um, and today I understand many of those things very, very differently. So I want to give you, if you know anything about me, if, you, if you've ever heard me share and or teach, uh, my ultimate goal is always to give you a practical viewpoint of the word of God and things that will help you apply the word of God to your life in such a way that it will rearrange your perspective. 
Um, I believe that uh, in all things, we are always faced with having the proper perspective when going through, when experiencing uh, certain things, when, uh, when tests and trials come, there are things that the word of God will use specifically. Um, there are experiences that the Lord will use specifically to move you from here to there. And it often requires wisdom. So um, I, I, of course, will not read all four chapters. There are pieces that I will share um, just so that you get a clear view. And I'm going to start with Jonah 1 and 1. It says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come before me. Now get this right? We've, we've heard this story 18 million gazillion times, but I'm, I'm going to show you something that will help to change your perspective. It says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for port. After paying the fare, after paying the fare, everything costs us something. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord, right? Now, we all know that thereafter, the Lord sent a great wind and the ship was in high risk of being toppled over, of being crushed against rocks. It was, uh, there was danger for not just the ship, but anything the ship contained, right? And so uh, uh, this is one of the things that, that I remember and always have remembered that it says, and the mariners, which means, and the fishermen, the ones that were accustomed to, used to, familiar with being in dangerous high waters consistently, it says, and the mariners were afraid. The mariners being afraid is odd because it is their lifestyle. It is how they pay their bills. It is what they are trained to do. It is what is regular and or normal and or standard for their lives. But the fact that they were afraid that this wind was an unfamiliar wind. This uh, uh, pressure was an unfamiliar pressure. This particular experience was something they had not experienced before, obviously. And then it says, but Jonah was at the bottom of the boat below the deck, clearly feeling the bumps, the waves, all of that. But it says, and Jonah was asleep, right? So Jonah is asleep underneath the bottom or the, the base of the boat. Here it is, sudden calamity. The afraid mariners know that this is an unfamiliar wind. Have you ever had an experience in life where it was just an unfamiliar wind? Where you knew this particular scenario, this synopsis, it could be a yucky relationship, it could be a, a bad job situation, it could be familial issues and struggles, it could be a number of things, but you know that this is not a regular wind. Uh, Cindy Trim would call it debacle. 
debaclative winds, winds that are destructive and intrusive, winds that will take you from a place of comfort to a place of being confused and confounded, winds in life that will um, stretch you and pull you that will transition you from that place of comfort, familiarity, and move you into a place of something has got to be done. Now, wisdom would say uh, that because Jonah was the unfamiliar one, it is obvious that the captain or the boss uh, at that time knew that something unfamiliar was on the boat that caused an unfamiliar experience. And so here it is, then uh, the, the, the people began to cast lots. And so in essence, they were doing witchcraft <laughs> to figure out what had happened, right? And so the lot uh, fell on Jonah. And so he asked him, tell us who is responsible for making this trouble for us. It is at that moment um, they use the wisdom of the world to determine and, and, and get this to determine what created the calamity. Now, one of the things that I think we always have to take into consideration is in the wisdom of the world, there is some truth, but in the wisdom of the Lord, there is all truth. There's a huge difference. Some pieces were missing, right? The wisdom of the world uh, caused them to say to figure things out, but the wisdom of the Lord is always um, a knowing, a sensing, an understanding. Now, I'm pretty sure that at this point, Jonah had determined uh, when they came and uh, harassed him, look, check this out. Where where did you come from? Cause you are creating, obviously you are creating a thing and, and we need to know what the source of this thing is because uh, you have interrupted everything. And so here it is that Jonah says, and he answered, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and made dry land. Now here it is that they've practiced some form of witchcraft to determine what created the calamity. But it was obvious that whatever witchcraft they saw initially did not have the power to change their current circumstance. Let that sink in for just a second. Now, immediately, I'm sure Jonah already knew, number one, he was in trouble. And just to give this a coined uh, title or a key title, uh, this is called failing fast. When wisdom makes you fail fast. I'm going to pause just for a moment. Uh, in the sales industry, I uh, worked in sales for many, many years. And one of the primary things, and if you've been around for any amount of time, you know that I use this statement frequently. Uh, my favorite thing to do was find my nose because in sales, there is a racial barrier, a boundary, a formula that we use. You get 10 no's to one yes. One yes could mean that I didn't have to do any additional work for that day. That meant that I could close whatever I was going to close as fast as I could. So when I would get a patron or a customer on the line or in front of me, the first thing I want to do is disqualify them as soon as I possibly can. The faster I disqualify them, the faster I get to my next nine no's. And I would take nine pieces of rice and I would drop one each time I left a visit or finished a call. It was a very methodical process for me. 
I would use that formula because I understood the ratio that was necessary to close consistently. So that meant if I wanted five sales, I needed to be rejected at least 50 times. That means that I would technically set myself up for rejection with the intent that if I'm rejected enough, number one, it won't be personal. I won't take it to heart. I won't allow what the rejection could mean to some to impact my heart the way that true rejection does. I know that it's not personal, that this no will get me to my final yes. And the faster I get to my no's, the faster I get to my clothes, right? So here it is that Jonah has rejected the word of the Lord that at the very beginning of this passage of scripture, the Lord says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Go, that's number one, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Tell them what they've done. And so now here we are where the mariners who were afraid doing what they've always done, doing what they were created to do, doing what brings them income. They had gotten to a place where they recognized that something was different about this trip. They identified the corporate who was at peace, even though he knew he was out of pocket. I figured Jonah might have wanted to get a little nap before he went and got rejected on purpose, before he went and got uh, uh, put in a situation where here he is coming into a place that is not his place, having specific orders from God, knowing that he has to deliver some bad news. Now, Jonah gives them some advice. If I were you, listen, it's me. I, I'm the issue. Um, I'm aware that I'm the issue. Um, but if you throw me overboard, now, get this, Jonah technically knows that God owns everything. He knows that he's the creator of heaven and earth. He knows that he's created of the sea and dry land. How do I know that? Because he told the mariners who were familiar with water, that was not his job. He was just trying to hitch a ride. He was a whole hitchhiker in this story. Right. And so then they threw him into the raging sea. Now, nobody in their right mind would opt to be thrown into a destructive sea, a sea that was threatening to destroy what was carrying them, let alone be removed from the safety of his bottom of the boat rest into the very waters that could damage and or kill him. He recognizes the risk. It had to take the wisdom of the Lord to know you have to be rejected in this situation. You have to be put into uh, some more uncomfortable space in order to get yourself back on track. Now, before I start talking about the fish issues, I want you to begin to think about uh, the moments and those moments of recognition where you knew you were someplace you shouldn't be, where you knew that God had told you to do something very specific. He had given you instructions, but instead you made an active decision to use the perspective of what was on the other side of what God originally intended for you to experience. And you used the wisdom of the world to 
access what you thought was best for your scenario. Here it is that Jonah has made decisions based upon his desire, number one, not to be rejected. His second desire is not to uh, be in a situation where, again, he is experiencing the discomfort of people not knowing uh, anything other than here he is to come and rebuke them. Sometimes you get a hard word in the middle of your situation. You ever chose uh, not Boaz, but Bozo? You ever found yourself uh, not dealing with Ruth, but dealing with Recretia? Right. You ever found yourself in a situation where you chose the job that looked like uh, the, the luxurious one? And next thing you know, you feel like you sitting in the whole entire middle of hell. Isn't it odd that sometimes God will spit you out of your current circumstances? in order to get you to destiny. Here, we look at Jonah having to be thrown in what could, and technically, according to the world system, according to the world's culture, according to the world's understanding, would have technically killed you and I. He is being rejected from a place he chose to go. And remember that I said at the beginning of the passage, he paid his fare. Everything costs something. Here it is that Jonah is allowed to fail real fast. Sometimes wisdom is bought sense. That's what my grandma used to call it. Sometimes you have to pay for things in an effort to get to the other side. Sometimes you have to pay your top dollar. Uh, you got to pay some emotional instability. You got to pay some uh, uh, some pain. You might have to get socked in your whole eye. You ever picked a, a Jimmy, a rock'em, sock'em robot cat that you say the wrong thing? He say you disrespect him. I'm just telling you what I'm talking about. And I chose. I paid my fare to go there right? Cost you things much, much later that, and you, you pay for it and you pay for it dearly. You ever, uh, uh, fooled around, sir, and picked a chick and had a kid and you still can't see the baby without paying old girl to see it. <coughs> there are so many things that we pay for that we literally give our sweat, blood, and tears to that cost us our peace, that cost us our prize, that cost us our patience, they cost us things. And I've discovered that God will take you to certain places and allow you to experience the pain of that place in an effort to get you to the purpose and the promise. I've discovered that sometimes we'll take a whole trip when all we had to do was walk across a street to get to uh, the destiny of the matter. Here it is that Jonah is now in a situation. He fooled around and is in a pickle. They've thrown him off the boat and, and they've said, and look at this, I'm going to take you to 16. It says at at this, the men greatly feared the Lord. Now, once above, just a chapter above, a, a, a sentence before, here they are soothsaying. Here they are uh, in their own power, in their own wisdom. But now there's something that has happened even when you make an error, even when you pay to go the opposite direction of the purpose and the promise, there's still a blessing. See, Jonah's fast failure caused them to walk into further future with the truth of the knowledge of Christ, they found that their soothsaying could take care of one thing. Their soothsaying could take care of this. Their witchcraft could cover this piece, but there was something about this Jonah's God. 
They feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made a vow to him. Isn't it amazing that your fast failure will change somebody else's heart? Somebody see you go through. They see you uh, get your face slapped off. That's what I like to call it. They see you get drugged. Sometimes I've been drugged so that somebody else could get that not only is God sovereign, not only is he alpha and omega, not only is he the beginning and the end, not only is he Jehovah Gabor, not only is he El Shaddai God, not only is he Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sikanu, El Elyon God, El Roy God, but listen, he's the God who will let you fail fast to get his glory. I love the word. Listen, then here it is now that Jonah prays a prayer. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah up. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Now get this y'all trip. I never paid attention to this before. From inside of this fish, Jonah prayed to God and he said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and he answered me. Do you know he will answer you in the middle of your hell after you failed fast, you've disobeyed God, you've broken all custom, all tradition, all the rules. You didn't have to experience witchcraft. You'd have been thrown in the middle of the middle of calamity. And then it is, it says, you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea. And the current swirled about me. All of your waves and breakers swept me over. Now get this, y'all. I'm about to put you up on something. Listen, it says, yet I look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed Seaweed was wrapped around my head and about my neck. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. He was in the bottom of the bottom. The earth was beneath, barren uh, me forever, uh, barred me forever. But you, Lord, you, Lord, my God, brought up my life from the pit. Listen, listen. Do you understand that Jonah had a near-death experience or death experience? It says, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded, listen, 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 the fish to vomit Jonah on dry land. Now, if you read this in, um, I think I was reading ESV, and I'm sorry because now I'm on my computer. If you read it in the ESV version, it says that technically Jonah went to the pit, the pit being hell. So he allowed him to see the opposite side of what it is that he was trying to take him to. He allowed him to experience deep darkness in an effort, listen, on the opposite side of everything that you think you want is my everlasting joy, is my peace, is my ability to change everything and everybody, even through you. 
Now, the crazy part is even after this, Jonah went on ahead and did what God said, but it was because he failed fast. He ran fast. God corrected him immediately. Have you ever been corrected immediately? You know you out of pocket. God will get you together so fast. It blows your mind. Here it is that God has allowed every single circumstance to remind him, listen, I gave you a word, period. And then get this, right at the beginning of three, after he was vomited out. So now he's in the middle of his mulligan. Mulligan meaning to do over. It's a golf term. It means that now he gets another shot at what it is that God said do. Have you ever been in a situation where you knew you needed another shot at what God told you to do? And it says here in three, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message that I give you, right? And now, after being vomited out of a situation, after being hurled into deadly waters, after visiting deep, dark, gross uh, calamity or trouble after experiencing the depths of hell. Here it is now that seemed to me like Jonah would just go on ahead and get it. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and he went to Nineveh. And because of the size of Nineveh, he had to travel. It was a three day travel. But get this. God even used the situation, the scenario, all of that, because uh, I'm sure that at this point now the Mariners had reached their destiny, right? And y'all know it's kind of like a game of telephone. Bad news travel fast, honey. We the food Jonah over off the side of the boat. This is my sanctified imagination. This isn't in the text, but I can only imagine that a word had spread of Jonah having been on the boat, even though they were in a different place. It's funny how bad news travel a whole bunch faster than good news. It didn't take Nineveh anything to obey what it is that Jonah was saying, even though he was a stranger, even though he had come from a faraway place, even though uh, they didn't know him personally, there was something about wisdom. Even the wisdom of the leaders of, of Nineveh knew that there was a necessity for something to be different, right? And now here it is, uh, Jonah's uh, warning reached the king and the king declared the fast. There was a wisdom that Jonah gained from his vomited situation, from his situation of being spewed out of the mouth of the fish, his situation of being thrown off of the boat into the troubled water. You need to know that even uh, when you fail, that that situation is still going to bring glory to God. Even when you blow it, when you've been in a place that you know God did not tell you to go, when you paid to go go to a place. Some of us pay for a marriage and God vomit us right on out. Shame. And at the end of the day, it's still uh, useful to our savior. It's still useful to our God. He still never wastes anything. Jonah's life is a direct reflection of Romans 8 and 28. And this is before 
the gospels came to pass. Jonah gives us a perfect example of what it looks like to blow it and God still use it. He gives us a beautiful picture of what it looks like to be hard headed and rebellious and have his own set mind. God will use anything to bless anybody. God has a way of taking those things that we think we are in control of, reversing the order on that thing to transform somebody's heart way over here that has absolutely nothing to do with you. I just came to remind you that just because you blew it doesn't mean he won't use it. I guarantee you that even your hard days, God is using and working them together for your good. Now get this, if you have something specific that God God called you to do. Do you realize you can't die? You cannot die until you got permission. How about that? I don't care what your diagnosis is. I don't care what the pain looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. You cannot leave anywhere until God gets his glory out of you. Every single person uh, under the sound of my voice, there are things that only you can do in the earth. There are things that only you can change in a nation. Uh, Jonah was taken from here to there to bring glory and honor to God all by his lonesome, didn't have no company. It's so many things that he uh, declares with his life. Even in his disobedience, he failed fast on multiple occasions. Now, here it is in the third chapter when Jonah has declared to Nineveh, listen, God is tired of y'all. And the king has made a decree and told everybody to fast. Get it together because we're about to be destroyed. Has God ever told you, look, if you don't get it together, sugar, you will see. And and I love that he is so kind that uh, he'll give us an opportunity to adopt the wisdom of the great and sovereign king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He'll give us uh, the wisdom to know when enough is enough, when you are at the end of your rope, when, listen, your solutions are no longer acceptable, when your desires are no longer good enough for a purpose and promise to come out of your life. Here it is that Jonah has done exactly what God said do. And then do you know that joker had the nerve the unmitigated gall to get frustrated with the fact that God had mercy on the very people he went to rebuke. Now, it could have been that after he put out the word of God's anger, uh, listen, I came to tell you that God's compassion is greater than his wrath. And we, we often get it twisted. See, because like I said, Jonah could have died in the water. Then Jonah then again could have died in the fish. But because God's grace is sufficient, even when he failed fast, now here it is that after he failed fast, then he obeys God. Then he, here he is, he about to fail fast again. And here Jonah is now annoyed because God spared his people the people he created, the people he designed. And yeah, they hadn't done everything right. And God asks him a question. Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Now, this is after he had sent a plant to grow to keep him from burning up after he went and sat in the corner and pouted because God was compassionate, because God was faithful, because God was forgiving, because God was loving, and because God loved them as much as he loved Jonah, and he gave them another chance. And 
what what puzzled me about this text, and, and to be real honest, I'm, I'm not going to be super deep right here. I'm still um, a little corner puzzled because there's such a drop off. If you read it all the way to the end, it says, but the Lord uh, said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. He's using that as a parable for uh, the city of Nineveh and the people that he spared. And uh, Jonah had the nerve to be mad because God sent the plant to grow. Then he sent the worm to destroy the plant, right? But what could have happened was he could have destroyed Nineveh the way that he did the plant, but he didn't. The plant just being shade for Jonah, the plant not being anything other than a provision to keep him uh, from being uncomfortable. God was gracious enough. Has ever God ever gave you a, a, a shade in the middle of your calamity? Has he ever given you cover in the middle of your calamity? And then when he removed it, here it is that Jonah is annoyed. You will be mad about this plant, but you prefer I destroy my people. Now that is slow, Jonah. It amazes me that sometimes we will want and or expect the worst. We are want or expect the worst for somebody that's mistreated or mishandled us. We will want or expect the worst for situations that uh, we chose, that we paid to be a part of. And then when they don't turn out the way that we think that they should have the unmitigated gall to be frustrated or annoyed, uh, to, to not want them to prosper. Has somebody ever done you real, real dirty and then you watch God bless them? <laughs> you, watch, you watch him do it. I want to remind you that sometimes fast failure will put you in a place where here it is that Jonah has done every single thing that God has said at a cost uh, against his, his greatest desires. Uh, some of those things, uh, the reward was not what he thought he would get to see, right? It is a beautiful thing to know that God loves us so much that sometimes he will vomit us out of a situation to get us to purpose and to promise. Sometimes he will allow us to experience the most in-depth pain in order to process us to purpose. Sometimes God will allow us uh, to see even the folks that mistreated us and uh, uh, did not necessarily appreciate who we were, uh, didn't, didn't even experience what we thought they would experience in an effort to get us to purpose and promise. I just want to tell you this morning that even when you fail, it is still working for you. Even when it feels like failure, when it looks like failure, when it sounds like failure, there is still purpose and promise in that painful process. And there is absolutely no need to be afraid of experiencing it. God is using it to refine you, to change your heart, to change your mind, but more importantly, to demonstrate his power to all of those that will accept his wisdom over their own. Today, I just want to encourage you that you may be in a situation where God is trying to vomit you out of it. Allow him to do that. 
Allow him to remove you from whatever it is, not just for you, but for everything around you. Some things uh, we have to, to do what's called fall on the knife for. Right. Some things we have to experience the pain of a process in order to get uh, to the promise and not just you, but everyone and everything around you is connected to even your fast failures. Don't allow yourself to be frustrated in the process. Whatever it is that God told you to do the first time, he still wants you to do it. Whatever instruction God gave you in the beginning, it's still the same instruction. And it may take you the long route. It may may take you uh, longer than you meant to get there, but that's your wisdom. The wisdom of God is unfailing, and sometimes we don't understand the outcomes. The wisdom of God will change every single thing and change how you see it, how you perceive it, and not just how you see it and how you perceive it, but everything and everyone connected as we move into purpose and promise. I promise you that the pain produces purpose. And so here it is that the pain that Jonah experienced, the pain uh, that Jonah had to look at, it was so useful for kingdom building. It was the wisdom of God. And so today, um, I I want you to take a look around and, and check out your fast failures. Check out the stuff in the areas where you feel like you've blown it could be financial, it could be relational, whatever it is, that there is nothing too hard for God. But more than anything, just remember what he told you the first time is what he's telling you now. Whatever it is, he who began a great work and you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. There is nothing uh, that God won't do to get you to where it is that he desires for you to be. And it is never your wisdom that gets you there. It is always his. With that said, uh, I wrap it up. I pray that something I said helped somebody. I pray that something I said uh, will propel you into uh, a place of appreciation. If my grandmother would say it like this, you're rocking your hard place. You start to be thankful for it. And you start to embrace that sometimes Uh, You have to be vomited out of a situation for everybody to win. Amen. Amen. And amen. Now, here's the time that we take every day. Just in case you happen to call a little bit late, you didn't have an opportunity to say good morning. You have action. Good morning. God morning. Great morning. Good morning. Hey, Elsie. Good morning, family. This is Angela. Hey, Ange. Great morning. Good morning. Hey, Tara. Hey, Janice. I heard one more. Good morning. Thank you for my certified mail this morning. <laughs> hey, Krishanda. And I think I heard Patsy. Who else? Great job. It's your mom. Hi, Mama. Thank you. Anybody else? Good morning, Tanya. Hey, good morning, Tanya. 
Good morning, Tamisha. Hey, Tamisha, good morning. Hey, hey good morning. Hey, Didi, and somebody else. Who else was that? Good morning, it's Leisha. Hey, girl. You didn't say good morning, Saints. Oh, my God. I did at first, oh. but then you had to say hi. Good morning, Saint. <laughs> Good morning, Leash. Morning, Deanna. Hey, Shell. Leash know that I'm the saint the uh I'm the secular saint, Leash. My bad. <laughs> Shut up, Petey. <laughs> Good morning, D V family. It's Dondria. Hey. Great morning. Great morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Danielle. Hey, Dan. Good morning. Anybody else? Good morning. It's Prosperous Pam. I said hey, good morning Prosperous. earlier, but just wanted to say great job, Pastor. Can't wait to love life and victory. Amen. Amen. Hey, good morning, Pammy. All right, guys. Um, and, and here we are walking into our love, life, and victory discussion. Now is the opportunity for you to ask any questions, give commentary, uh, or anything of the sort. Anybody have any questions this morning? Good morning, it's Nikisha. I have a question, just a comment. Um, so I won't feel so bad about the bozo, and I probably was, uh, what was it the Rakisha or whatever you called it? <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I probably was. Mm-hmm. We've all been God. there. <laughs> mm, Glory to God on this to Liana, honey. Yes. Somebody. Just wrong. Mm. Just wrong. Just two left feet. <laughs> but glory be to God at all. It's it's that Romans twenty eight. Yeah. Love you, Very good. love you, love you, love you. <laughs> love you too. Amen. Anybody else? Deanna, it is um great declaration <clears throat> this show. It's just as I sat here and I um you talked about the cost. It's so important to use wisdom when um we have to kind of the value of the cost of a thing. Whether it be mm-hmm. high or low, it's just that was that just came to mind to use wisdom. I, I I can be transparent. I'm a shopper. I love to shop, and I always try to invest in things that'll last a long time or that are at a good price. Mm-hmm. But when you say that, I mean I I use wisdom on that end, and I use it for other things. But what I'm saying is, I use wisdom for the valuable cost of a thing that I think is a good deal. So. And even even in that, when you talked about Jonah, um, how he was favored but tried to run from the favor of, you know, who he was. We always want to call on him when we need something, but when what's right is right, we want to run away. So mm-hmm. those are the two little points. And um, great, 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 awesome declaration. Amen. Amen. You make a you make a person think for real. Stop in their tracks and be like, "Hold on, wait a minute. Let me get this right." So, thank you. Let me tell you what I loved. His his failure, his disobedience caused some whole witches to be converted. That's dope. 
That's dope. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. folks practicing witchcraft mm-hmm. were transformed because he went the opposite direction of what it is that God told him to do. Mm-hmm. So don't don't discount your errors, even your errors. Um, if if you through the proper lens bring glory and honor to God. Now I ain't saying just make no mistakes on purpose. I'm not. Oh no. <laughs> I ain't saying just be like, I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna obey God and let me see who gets saved. No, no, I'm not because that's I've been halted in my tracks with that. But with this beautiful <laughs> part where um we can apply the scripture um having the power but having the power but denying it. A form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Yes. yes. Okay, oh. thank you. Mm-hmm. Dion, this is Diane. <laughs> hey, I just have I just have one question. How do you run from a God that's everywhere? I, I have no idea. You you have to be retarded. <laughs> you you so you know, so what it means technically is that we be retarded. That's all. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> it's Krishanda. Um love the decoration. Um we'll definitely go back into studying, but there are a lot of nuggets and like I said, you sent me certified mail this morning. My heart is I'm feeling the burn around my chest right now. Um interesting thing that I didn't notice before is when you said he was resting in the bottom of the ship or just I know you said in hell, but just the idea that he was resting in a ship almost like Jesus was resting. I but there's so there's two different pictures like you said the bottom, like in hell, that's that's one piece of it, but also similar to when Jesus was resting and, you know, the, the people on the ship came and said, aren't you going to save us? The same kind of situation. Right. Um, also, I thought it was interesting, you know, I, I this is one of my very, very favorite prophets. I mean, honestly, I love the nerve of Jonah. Um, that at the end, even when he had, okay, let's say he went to hell, he still had the nerve after he saw what hell could be like. So, oh, God is so amazing. His love for us. I mean, Jonah saw hell and he still was pouting. He still, I mean, that is just, and God still was like, Jonah, baby, you just not don't have a clue. We we see hell too. We might not see fire, but we know, right? With our retarded selves. And we right? still right? don't listen. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and another piece for me, so why this felt like male for me, is that sometimes um, I think the way God speaks to me, I'm getting used to. It's a little different. Like, it's not always so plain. It's unusual ways that I've, I'm like, oh, you were telling me to do this. Now I see, like how you say, well, fail fast. Like, okay, now I get it. Like, after listening to you, I'm thinking about these three different kind of unusual ways that I was spoken to and now I get it. So I, I love this declaration. I, I can't wait to go back. I have pages of notes and I, I just think it was just really, really some some good meat there. Thank you so much as always. Amen. Amen. God be praised. Thank good you morning. for sharing. Good morning, good morning. This is um I, I appreciate this whole declaration and to me it was like an English muffin, you know, the commercials back in the day used to say English muffin had so many nooks and crannies. And as you bit into it, it got better and better, especially if you put some butter on it. 
And so what I really, really loved about your declaration, what came up for me is how we judge other people. Because here is Jonah all out of line with God because he ain't doing what God told him to do. He all out of pocket, but he want to get mad at the people in Nineveh. And God, why would you spare them? So it just came up for me. Don't be so judgmental with people because you know where you might be excelling in an area that they're failing in, but you might be failing in the area that they're excelling in. So just be in, um, just, just, uh, stop judging and let God do what God does. And that's what came up for me. Very good. Very good. Thank you for sharing, Lise. Thank you. Hi, Pastor Dion. This is Prosperous Pam. <clears throat> wonderful, wonderful word. It was really, really wonderful to hear you um, preach, preach, preach. Um, a couple of things came up for me. So first, when of course, I identified with you in the sales background um, when you were talking about, you know, how many no's you get. And it just reminded me something that I actually needed to be reminded of because I was on the call about a week ago saying, I'm so used to rejection but I'm just like, it doesn't phase me anymore and not putting two and two together. Like, well, that's what you do for a living. So it doesn't like seeing as bad. It's hard to explain, but in that is a blessing and the way God made me to be. But you were also, when you were talking about Joe, but this made me think of so many times. And I know I sin without even think of thinking about it. You know, you think you're walking the life, right. You're walking the, um, you're really trying to do what God wants you to do, and then you still having, you know, those things that, like, you were that the, the negative stuff that goes down, like you were talking about, what's happening with Jonah. And then God reminded me of um, how His ways are so higher than mine. You know, I'm 53 and I don't have any children. I'm going to be a little transparent, and so it doesn't like I'm not heartbroken just about it, but I've always been like, hmm. So then, if I see someone that I've gone to school or who have their kids, I'm thankful that I don't have that green eye jealousy getting mad. I'm happy for the person, but I've always been the person like, okay, well, God, when me, like, I've always felt like I was a late bloomer. When is me? And then after a while, okay. And then if I'm having a bad day, every blue moon, I'll be like, you know, but it really doesn't bother me that much. But when I look about how God his thoughts are so much higher that I look and see why I probably didn't have kids and who knows what his plan is for the future, but I have peace. I mean, coming up when I was praying for all those other things, he was teaching me so many other things. Like I used to have such anxiety, you know, I used to have fear. I used to have, like he was working the inside of me out on other things that I know he has for his plan. So God does things for us, but I just am reminded that he does it. Um, for his plan, his will for our lives. So just continuing to pray for God's will in my life. And um, that's all. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Very good share. Thank you, Pam, for that that transparent moment. And I get it. I get it. Anybody else? Amen. Well, what I'll say, and you know, I'll give you guys some time back, but there there are, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Um, There are places that God will allow us to literally, our environment, our atmospheres, will spit us out. And, And we spend a whole bunch of time trying to hold on to the place that he is trying to remove us from. Right. In this instance, Jonah didn't have the opportunity to be uh, uh, resistant. Right. There are some times where God won't allow us to be resistant. Um, somebody will leave you apart your company um, and, and have zero intentions on coming back. That's one of those being thrown into the water scenarios where you have to accept it. You can't climb back up on the boat. The boat is gone. You in a whole nother location. We have to learn how to be okay with that and know that it didn't come to kill us. Now, it may feel like we done went to whole hell when that separation happened, but know that there is another side to it, that once the work is done, and you notice that Jonah instantly cried out to the Lord. He knew uh, he needed God's help in that moment. And the beautiful thing is he is always faithful. He is always, no matter what kind of situation we get ourselves in, God is always faithful um, to make provision for us, even in that season, even if the provision is unlikely, right? So we got to get to a place where we don't always accept rejection as just personal. Anytime there's a bunch of rejection, it is because that is not where you're supposed to be, period. God is trying to relocate you. Be okay with the relocation, even if there's pain in the process. That's all. That was good. That part was good. I need that on loop. Good. So good. Good morning, Vine. I love you. I love this person this morning. So this was. Hey, man. Yes, um, I I did over her. Um, I'm with um um uh, I forgot her name. <laughs> with the nooks and cranny, but I I got the butter on mine. I mean, it was so much so on the real though. I mean, from every angle when um you know as he was speaking that I saw um how it obtained to me in my journey. You know what I'm saying? So well, it was just every man of. Uh, I want to go back and, and definitely read it again for myself, of course. But it's just the different situations that he he definitely want to bring us out of. And, and like the rejection, how not to take it personal. It was just so much you were saying, so much. And I needed to hear that because you can take rejection um, personal. And you cannot expect for God to um, think you would... Um, like you think, like because you know somebody been doing something bad, you you want God to punish him. You're like, no, you know, right. I want to mm-hmm. see the punishment. You know, like no, mm-hmm. no work like that. <laughs> you know, it, it's just so much. But yeah, that you were saying that I was thinking of. I love you. Always get somebody. You you know that always. Amen. Amen. I love you more. Of course. Amen. Anybody else before we go? All right, guys. Well, today is our fasting day. Um, We meet back here at 5 p.m. For those that are Archer Circle members, I'll meet you on deck at 7 p.m. Outside of that, I pray that you accept your rejection well. 
Hey, go ahead. You're fine. Was somebody about to speak? Amen. Um, I'll see you at 7 p.m. tonight. I pray that something that I said um, encouraged you to fail fast, honey. Look, look for the failure quick so you can get to your clothes because that's where you get paid at. <laughs> you get paid on the other side, sugar. <laughs> Amen. I love you, but I promise God loves you more. Don't forget to be the Jesus that somebody needs to see. You never know whose life will change as a result of you making a decision to fail fast. It's cool. Don't trip. Keep it moving. Until uh, 7 p.m. tonight, 5 p.m. tonight, I'm sorry, after our fast, uh, 7 p.m. tonight for Archer Circle members. And until tomorrow, I'm a holla. God bless y'all. Have a great, great day. Have a great day. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. 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 Love you all. Love you. Have a great day. You too. Always.